0: up guys welcome back to the big shots on Fell draft podcast i'm your host mike karnition i am not joined today by devin devin is away for the long weekend by the way i hope everyone has had a great and um you know just an enjoyable time with their families for this memorial day weekend i had my long weekend here in canada last week so i didn't want to take devin away from his family uh so i'm just gonna be doing the solo today Going to do a quick podcast, going to talk about some of the reports I've done in the last week uh, for Blue Chip Scout. I did three players that should all be up there now, uh, as well as an article that should be available either today or tomorrow on bluechip scouting.com. So, uh, before we get into any of that, one thing I have noticed is I haven't done an ad read in a couple of weeks. So, just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Jersey House. Jersey House is the best and most affordable place on the internet for proper jerseys at, again, an affordable price. No one likes paying $130 for a basketball jersey. I know I sure don't. That's why I found Jersey House. They sent me a wonderful Scotty Barnes jersey. Uh about a week or so ago. I absolutely love it, and you guys are going to love it too. And you can save some money and give back to the show by going to jerseyhouse.ca and using the promo code BIGSHOTS for 15% off. They send a little bit of money our way. Everybody comes out of this happy. So moving on to today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about three players in specific. There were the two players uh, from Ohio state that I watched, which were right tackle Dewan Jones and left tackle uh, Paris Johnson, who played at right guard last year. And then I also watched uh, Jarrett Patterson, the center from Notre Dame. So I'm going to start with Dewan Jones because um, I just, I don't, I don't know guys. I watched his film and obviously there's a lot there. There's a base level that you can build with Dewan Jones. He's an absolute mammoth of a human being. He's six foot seven, six foot eight, 360 pounds, has good movement skills and is a finisher. The problem is is that he really lacks refinement. He's an okay athlete, but he's not a great athlete. If I'm pulling up my report on him as we speak, and, you know, when you look at pass protection, you know, he can cover plenty of ground, but if he's laid off the snap, he's chasing. And when I, what I mean when I say he's chasing is he's not staying square. He's turning completely to go chase and follow rather than actually attempting to angle the defender out of the play. So, again, if he's a step slow, he's already beat, and it just it, it never looks good. Balance. Aiden Hutchinson worked him. Uh, Hutchinson was able to get underneath him because there's about a four-inch uh, height disadvantage for um, Hutchinson if they were standing side-by-side, side, but that allowed Hutchinson to get low and push up. So he ended up either getting Dewan Jones to overextend or to stand up and be on his heels which resulted in Dewan Jones either face first on the ground or on his back on the ground quite a bit against Michigan uh it just he really needs to focus on staying square and staying low I know it's hard to stay low when you're six foot eight but you need to at least try you can't be lunging at defenders and you can't be left with your head over your toes. If you're left with your head over your toes, what that allows the defender to do is a simple cross chop or a, or a swim move. And all of a sudden you're in deep trouble. And so is your quarterback. he has got a powerful first punch, but it's erratic and inconsistent. He can, um, you know, definitely work on getting his clamps. So when he's in tight and holding rather than, well, actually like, has a hold of the defender, not holding as in the penalty. Uh, but he's trying to focus on planning his punch. Like he, he's trying to he's trying to like execute it at the exact right spot every time. And it, you can tell there's too much. The wheels are spinning in his head as he's trying. He's trying to time everything rather than it coming instinctive, which goes a little bit into his football IQ a little bit. He's overthinking. Again, like I said, he's got plenty of power. Initial punch and follow up. He attacks a man off the snap in the run game and can really drive his matchup, which is great. You love to see that out of someone that's six foot eight, three sixty. Uh, plays with naturally wide base, but his anchor integrity is definitely a work in progress because he stands up a lot, uh, especially when the defender gets underneath him with leverage he doesn't have really an answer to to counter that he can't just fall on the defender he ends up just you know basically uh standing and and uh and shooting up you can actually see his body shoot up when he's when he's countered with leverage uh you know decent athlete like I said can unlock his hips good ankle flexion for his size but Again, I think that this is very much a right tackle in a power-based system, and I don't know how many teams are going to be looking for that. I think already he's shown that his uh, versatility is um, a little questionable. I'm not sure if he's if he's the type of guy you want protecting the blind side. And in terms of other positions, I don't really think it makes sense to move a guy that's six foot eight into guard. Uh, so he's he's a right tackle only, and not only that, he's a guy that still needs a lot of development. And sure, the size and the movement skills for that size are going to have a lot of teams impressed, but we also saw this a couple of years ago with Isaiah Wilson. And I'm not saying there's a one-to-one comparison, but this is just the, the absolute boomer bust nature of Dewan Jones. So what he ended up with me, and you can find this on, on bluechipscouting.com was he ended up getting an early day three grade. So we just missed out on being a, you know, uh, a, you know, a third round player. I think he's someone that if you look at the traits, you look at the size, you look at what's on film. There's a lot of technique that needs to be, to be cleaned up. And, There's a lot of question marks in his game. If he cleans those up, we could be talking about a massive riser in this class, but I just can't sign off on it right now. Let's go to his teammate, though, Paris Johnson Jr. And I mean, (laughs) what's not to love about Paris Johnson Jr.? The kid is an absolute unit. And you could see, even when he was playing right guard, everything that you want for someone that's going to be moving to left tackle. Uh, I'm going to go trade by trade. By the way, I watched Purdue, Michigan, and uh, Penn State, and we have to file best game and worst game, and I couldn't find a worst game. There just wasn't one. Uh, Powerful leg drives, you know, good at staying square uh, with his matchup while moving, either, you know, uh, moving backwards or at an angle. He can mirror effectively, keeps his knee bent uh, in his slide to absorb power head-on, so he's got good uh, anchor integrity, even when facing a bull rush, because he just keeps those knees bent just enough that if you go into him, he's 315, 320. You're not going to move him. He's got a very strong base. Uh, you know, great balance, doesn't overextend. Like I said, just stays square, doesn't get caught lunging. Powerful initial punch to jar the, the opponent up the line of scrimmage. Uh, strong grip. He can steer the defender wherever he wants him to go. Uh, identifies delayed blitzes and defensive bluffs. Uh, he was possibly their smartest offensive lineman last year, and he was a first-year starter alongside guys that had been there for quite a while, like uh, Thayer Munford. He was the better of the two guards last year. Um, sinks his hips, lays into his ma- matchup off the snap. Finisher in the run game. Uh, despite being six six, like I said, has a strong anchor, naturally wide base. Uh, sometimes in in short yarded situations if you're able to if the defender's able to get underneath his pads and push back, he can end up getting uh, um a little off balance and push back into the into the backfield. So again, you know, short-yarded situations you want to see him remember to stay low, keep that, uh, keep that anchor integrity, good lower bo- uh, lower body flexibility, loose hips, naturally a tackle, played right guard last year in order to help the Buckeyes get their five best on the field. Uh, He's going to be playing left tackle this year, but has the skills to play on the right. Uh, Quick feet and lower body flexibility allow him to be used on poles and screens, climb to the second level, high level athleticism, uh, great footwork. uh, Never the big thing that I've noticed with a lot of these offensive linemen I've watched so far is that when they engage, their feet stop moving. Johnson's are like little typewriters you know, you know, his feet are like typewriters tick 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 always moving. You love to see it. Uh, he's able that's why he's able to drive blocks so well. that's why he's able to uh, to really play well in pass protections again, the feet don't stop moving and every step is uh, every step has a purpose. And then what I love the most about, uh, Johnson is his work off the field. Cause I mean, this is, this is your typical Ohio state offensive tackle, you know, top offensive tackle uh, <clears throat> uh, recruit, uh, you know, moved inside, used as a depth guy for a bit. Uh, now he's finally transitioning back out, yada, 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 you know, the usual Ohio state stuff, but off the field, he's a team leader. He's one of the best, you know, best leaders on the team, you know, uh, in the program. And he was, a, he was a sophomore last year. Uh, he used his NIL in order to run a charitable foundation that's that's raised over ten grand in funds to help disadvantaged student-athletes and disabled veterans in order to gain access to resources. So he's an A-plus player on the field and he's an A-plus player off the field. That couldn't be better. Uh, I gave him a high first-round grade. I absolutely loved Paris Johnson. And then the last one I'll talk about before I get on out of here quick uh, before I move on to just an article that I wrote for uh, blue chip that I'll talk about a little bit before it comes out was Jarrett Patterson, not the the running back from Buffalo. That was five, seven. No, no, no. We're going to talk about the Notre Dame center who I feel like has been there forever. Uh, He's going to be 23 at the draft. Could have come out last year. I watched Cincinnati, Virginia tech, and Florida state. I thought he did really well against Virginia. I thought he struggled a little bit against Cincinnati, Uh, Solid and pass pro, slides his feet well, mirrors well, uh, susceptible to power uh, more so than he is to speed. This is a guy that's about 305, 6'4", 305 is I think what he ended up measuring at. Um, Good balance, maintains a strong base, not easy to knock off, doesn't get overextended. Great. If beaten outside, Patterson can occasionally let his hands drift uh, further outside of matchup, which could become holding calls at the next level. What I mean by that is if someone goes for a, uh, a rip move or a swim move, he's usually got the arm outside uh, attached to basically the side plate of the, or the, yeah, the side of uh, the pads, which if you're grabbing the side of someone's jersey, that's going to be a holding call at the next level. So he's really got to work on staying with his hands in tight uh, because when he's got them in tight and he's got the clamps in on the chest plates, he can drive you wherever he wants you to go, and you're not going to be able to break free of him. He's got a very strong grip, which is perfect. Patterson's understanding of blocking angles and the fundamentals of, of blocking both run, blocking, pass sets is already at an NFL level, so he's a very intelligent blocker. Uh, understands when he needs to reach block, when he needs to angle block. Perfect. Loved it. He ended up getting perfect scores on his football IQ from me. Uh, unfortunately, though, I wish he doesn't, he, I wish he had more power. There's just not a lot there. More of a technician than a finisher, which has its it, it, its drawbacks, and it has its systems It works, and it's and some that it doesn't. You are not going to put Jared Patterson in a power, you know, in a power run scheme. He would not fit in Tennessee. He might fit in Minnesota. He might fit in anything that that kind of runs a zone blocking scheme that allows him to move a little bit more. I think that that would be a perfect fit for him, but you are not going to see him in Tennessee. Uh, that like that's the big one. But this is not a Mike Vrabel type player. Um, again, like his power his anchors, not that great uh, needs to play with a wider base. He, his, his feet are too narrow when he goes to run block. He needs to actually sink his hips, get, get the duck feet going and drive, but he doesn't necessarily do that enough. Uh, it leads to just kind of him holding the guy steady. And again, if there's any sort of combat moves, he's at the line of scrimmage because he's not moving, you know, off the ball. And he's kind of standing up a little bit. And uh, if you hit him with a counter move, you've probably got him beat and you can make a play. So again, I want him to see him work on his anchor. Uh, Very fluid mover, Uh, good lower body flexibility. I actually kind of like to see him build his lower body up a little bit. He's a little, he's a little skinny in the knees. Um, He's played center his entire career he could line up at guard, but his best position is just going to be center. Um, summary for me, Patterson's a day one player, uh, um, day one ready player upon entering the NFL He has a high floor, low ceiling will be 23 as a rookie with 34 career starts under his belt. and should be taken by, uh, by a team sometime on the second day. So we got a mid to late second round grade for me, which is about where I thought he would have been had he have declared last year. So this is an, an instance where what I thought I saw on tape last year and what I saw when I looked again, you know, six months after the fact, about even, I think I gave him about that before I found out he, he, he went back to school. Uh, this is a solid guy. Again, this offensive line class is interesting because you have Paris Johnson, who's potentially an early, uh you know, first round pick, you have Pete Skaronsky as a potentially like mid, you know, mid first round pick. And then on the interior and at tackle, everyone else is kind of hodgepodge in that like second, third and early fourth round. There's a lot of guys that are going to be in that top 100 conversation. Whether or not all of them go there is going to be fascinating. Now, quickly before I hop on out of here, I wrote an article that is coming out on Blue Chip Scouting on Tuesday. And I'm just pulling that up now. I ended up writing on... Uh, basically, whether or not this upcoming 2023 quarterback class is considered the it should be considered the bounce back that uh, many believe it to be. Mel Kuyper uh, said a couple of weeks ago that like he expects possibly seven quarterbacks to be taken in round one. Would that be feasible? And I looked at the, the big names. Obviously, I talked about CJ Stroud and I brought everything up from like the fact that after three starts people wanted him benched at ohio state because they lost to oregon and he made some kind of costly mistakes that that cost them that game and then as soon as uh as soon as the oregon game was over that was the turning point he just went off he could have won the heisman last year uh 40 uh, was it 47 touchdowns i think uh I don't have the full stats, but I know that his percentages never dipped below 65% for the rest of the year, and he only threw sub 300 yards once, and it's because he didn't play the full game because they're kicking the crap out of a team so bad that he could leave in the third. <clears throat> uh, Corey Kinnan, a friend of the show, did his quarterback charting, and I want to say it was the either Purdue game or the Indiana game, where CJ Stroud's accuracy charting was like off the charts, just phenomenal. Um, that's all that's included in there. There's Bryce Young, where again, reigning Heisman trophy winner, 47 touchdowns, seven interceptions, you know, four, almost 5,000 yards. The issue with Young is he's small, like CJ Stroud is 6'3", 218, probably going to be 225 by the time the draft rolls around. Bryce Young is listed at six foot and 195, which means he's realistically like 5'11", and he looks smaller than 195. Like Kyler Murray is 5'10" and on a good day enlisted at 207, and he like he's small compared to Kyler Murray. He might be 5'10" and like one, 185, and that's fine. But you also really have to worry about injuries with a player like that is that small. He looks small at Alabama. Imagine when he gets to the NFL. Uh, but the talent is absolutely there. Um, he's got first round ability. It's just. How like is, are his size limitations going to hold him back? Uh, I also talked about Will Levis from Kentucky. I really hope that this year the focus on Will Levis is uh, on his actual football ability and not just the weird stuff he eats in his free time. Um, Because there's, there's stuff that you can work with there. He needs to cut down on the interceptions, uh, I think we can all agree that Will Evans needs to cut down on, on, on the turnovers that had 13 interceptions last year. Um, but like the dude's got a cannon. He's, you know, he'll, he'll dink and dunk you to death you know, uh, you know, to get you on, your, you know, to get you to come forward. And then he'll uncork a deep ball because he's got a very strong arm as well. Uh, very accurate at all three levels of the field. There's Tyler Van Dyke. Who's a big time wildcard at Miami because he only started eight games. He wasn't even supposed to be the starter last year. It's supposed to be Derek King. King gets hurt. He comes in. King never gets a starting job back. Um, you know, he, he's raw. There's a lot that you want to work with. You want to see him get a little bit more accurate, a little less jumpy in the pocket. There, But there's something you can work with. He might end up being that third quarterback off the board. Uh, you know, there's DJ Uyang Lele And... With DJ, you're just kind of wondering was what we saw when he filled in for Trevor Lawrence in 2020 the real him or was the 2021 absolute mess of a season in which he threw nine touchdowns and 10 picks. Is that the real him? He was gun shy last year. And I think there was a lot of pressure on him and the program. And I think the program as a whole kind of crumbled a little bit. So you need to see whether or not DJ is willing to to put in the work to – Get some of that mojo back. As as soon as he faced Georgia, it's almost like that season opener against Georgia where nothing went his way. That kind of broke him for the year because he wasn't able to kind of mentally bounce back from what he was facing. So I want to see how he does with another full year under his belt. Because if it doesn't go well, he may not finish the season as a starter. There's Spencer Rattler where a lot of people are back in on Spencer Rattler because he's at South Carolina with a familiar coach, familiar system. he has got a familiar target in Austin Stogner. He's got uh, a bell. he has got weapons. I just don't, I don't buy it with Spencer Rattler. I didn't buy it this time last year. I had him as a, as a uh, like late first, early second, and he progressively got worse. And when I was writing it up, I'm like, yeah, it, the issue was not, necessarily the accuracy before he lost the starting gig the issue was you know he'd go 20 of 25 or 23 of 28 or whatever the numbers would be there was like 22 of 25 but he those three incompletions could have very easily been interceptions or just horribly timed mistakes fumbling at, at inconvenient times just it never seemed to click well. And then as soon as Texas happened, that was like the air was let out of the balloon. The Kansas State game, he played fine, but he almost cost them several times. Then he faced Texas, fell apart completely, and then watched his backup come back and and, and win. Lost, I think he threw 12 passes the rest of the year, um, which, yeah, great. He's going to go to South Carolina. He's not going to deal with the same level of talent that he had. At, uh, at Oklahoma, and he's going to be facing better defenses. I don't think he's necessarily going to get better. I think that defenses like Florida and Alabama and the other defenses he'd have to face in the SEC are going to capitalize on his ability to almost make mistakes and turn them into mistakes. I th- wouldn't be surprised if his interception numbers went up, if his fumbles went up. Not to mention, Spencer Rattler is also very small. He's listed at six foot one. He's 200 pounds. I want, like, It'd be great if he if he had a bounce-back season. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. And then, of course, so there's six, and then there's Devin Leary. There's Grayson McCall. Um, Sam Hartman from Wake Forest. There's Anthony Richardson from Florida. There are so many quarterbacks that are in that next level that are being talked about after this. Where do these guys go? Maybe seven quarterbacks isn't unheard of. I think it's unlikely, but seven quarterbacks... Honestly, how many of these guys would have been in a QB1 in this past year? Quite a few. But anyways, that's going to do it for today. As always, you can find me on Twitter at MikeH underscore draft. You can find Devin on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. You can follow the show on Twitter at BigShotsPod. You can follow our work at Blue Chip Scouting. Follow Devin's work on the Blue Chip uh, Scouting YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com uh, slash Blue Chip Scouting if I remember correctly, or just search blue chip scouting on YouTube and subscribe that way. Um, and we will see you, me and Devin this time on Monday of next week. Have a good day guys.